0: the worship team for leading us in worship this morning and preparing our hearts. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just open in prayer uh, real fast, and then we'll uh, we'll get going. Jesus, thank you so much for um, just the, the worship we've had this morning, the, the chance to sing songs that remind us of who we are and who you are, and, and uh, be able to lift your name up and, and just remember that you are completely worthy of everything in our life. All of our devotion and, and energy goes to you, God, and I just pray that you would get uh, that glory. Lord, I also just thank you that your Holy Spirit is active in this church and in this place and bringing these people here I um, And I pray that you continue the work of preparing our hearts uh, to hear your word and that regardless of the things that I say while I'm up here, that the message that you have for every single person here, that we would be ready and open to hear that. And uh, if it requires me getting out of the way, then just make that happen too. God, we thank you for everything and we just pray that you would be with us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So um, we're continuing the I Am statements of Jesus found in John. And uh, my week this time is I Am the Good Shepherd. And this is going to be in John 10. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to be hanging out in John 10 a lot. Uh, there's no reason to be jumping around. I'll, I'll reference other verses, but John 10, starting at verses, uh, verse 11 is where we'll be. But um, I actually, I grew up in the church, and my parents, Christian home, got Christian influence. My parents were actually pastors for most of my life, or pastors. So I, I weekly heard my dad preach and but uh, that was all their faith. I, I really grew up teenage years just watching them live a life with Jesus and not really connecting too much. And so I often had questions um, about this whole Jesus thing. Is this, is this something that's ever going to be real for me? Can I experience an intimate love relationship with Jesus? And then if, if I do, if I can have a relationship with Jesus, what does that look like? What is the day to day interactions going to be like? And I saw pictures in the church of people who were following Jesus, so I kind of knew, but again, I'm, I'm outside looking in at them, and, and so I always wrestle these questions, and, um, and it's good just to m- remember right here at the beginning that there's some in here that are, are just here seeking to know more about who God is, Maybe just seeking to, to know, is, is Jesus giving my life up to God, surrendering to him and following him for the rest of my life, is that worth it? So you're here, you're, the first step is just to like listen to the word, be in the place where the word is preached. But you're also watching the lives of the Christians around you going, what? Is this going to be um, helpful to me if, if I follow Jesus? Is there something in it for me? Is there a relationship with God here? Um, there's others who who just doubt in their mind that Jesus even speaks to them now, that there's, there is a, a relationship that can be had. Um, there's others who have experienced Jesus, an intimate, close relationship with Jesus, but that was years ago. That, I can't remember what it was like to walk with him daily. It was a, the drudgery of life or monotony of life or whatever it was has caused me to be far from God. And so like, I, I wonder if I could ever be back in that place. But then, of course, I know because I've talked to many people in this room who daily have a relationship with Jesus Christ that is real and personal and practical. On a daily basis, they spend time with the person of Jesus Christ and it affects their day. They're guide, guided and led throughout their day, conversations. They're, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. So there's all kinds of different relationships and, and uh, perspectives that were coming to even this morning's uh, service. So... We're we're not the first one to ask these questions. This has come up and Jesus is constantly uh, addressing them in scripture. And as I was looking at these two times, he actually says, I am the good shepherd twice in two different verses. And as I was looking at the two statements that he says following them, um, I think he's addressing these two uh, foundational truths. So that's what I want to look at today is just, is a relationship with Jesus possible? And if it is, how what does that look like? What, how is that going to be in our life? What, what kind of, of relationship with God is Jesus inviting us into? And so we're going we're gonna to jump in here to verse 11, uh, chapter 10 of John, verse 11, so the New Testament. And I'm going to read uh, just the first couple verses here before we go on. Number 11, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I'm going to read that again. I am the good shepherd, that's his first thing, he's, he's identifying himself not just as a shepherd, but the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now this is his contrast in verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So right off the bat, we see a contrast here. Jesus is saying, I'm not like the other shepherds. Even, even the shepherds of this time, the hearers back then, first century Jewish hearers, they're very familiar with shepherds and sheep, and that image is real because they all know people who are shepherds. Their sheep was a big part of their, their culture and time. And so when they hear, when they hear this story about the, the hired hand, He's not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep. They, they understand this. Like there's a, there's a minimal amount of risk a shepherd is gonna be, put themselves in to protect the flock because they're sheep. Like there's not, like when you weigh out the human life versus the sheep's life, it's like you're looking at your flock and you're like, yeah, the lion, you can have that one because I know these three are pregnant and I can replace, you know, like that's not worth going and putting myself in harm's way. But look at the contrast. This, Jesus is different. He's willing to sacrifice himself for the sake of the sheep. This, this would be bizarre if, if you're just like, oh, yeah, my dad, when, when I was eight, you know, a lion came, and he's like, take me, you know, and all the sheep <laughs> were all behind him. Like, that is bizarre, and that's the picture that Jesus is saying, and to, to understand this, we, we really need to look back at the gospel because Jesus is alluding to the sacrifice that he's going to make on the cross for our sins and so we need to really understand why would he think this is worth it why does why does he think that laying his life down is worth it and and if he dies what good is that going to do why is that helpful to us so let's just let's just remind ourselves of some of the elements of the gospel so first of all we need to remember we are sinful right that's the state of human all humanity without jesus we are sinful we are deserving of death before a holy god and I want to look at Isaiah 53 because it uses, it continues to use this picture of the sheep. And in Isaiah 53, written hundreds of years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah is talking about someone who's going to come. He's foretelling Jesus' coming, the Savior, the Messiah is going to come. So we want to look at this, Isaiah 53, 6, and it says this, We all, like sheep, right? We, we're, we're the sheep in this story. We have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, referring to the Messiah, the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, he has laid on him the iniquity, or the sin, the brokenness, all the wrong things in our life, it's been all laid on Jesus. So all of our sin there. So the Bible teaches here in this verse, and throughout scripture, over and over, every single person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. At, we all stand completely unworthy of God in any way. So remember, we're answering the question, is a relationship with God possible? And right off the bat, we should notice, no, it is not. Right here, we cannot. We, there's a problem. Our hearts are turned towards ourselves from birth. My little guy turns two today, and he didn't wait till he was two to start being selfish. Like, every moment is selfish, We're not really getting to the sharing, you know, caring, loving thing yet because he can't, he's in his, to the core, it's about himself, me, right? And his sisters are helping train him to be that way as well. (laughs) So, so all of our hearts are like that. We know that from in, in us, we are, we are, we are uh, rebellious towards God to our core, And and because of who God is, the character of God and his holiness, his 100% separateness from all things evil, we have a problem. I'm evil to the core. All humans are evil to the core, and we have Jesus way over here. How can we be talking about a relationship? How can we talk about Jesus loving us and being near us and having a relationship? We can't. At this point in the story, if we were to stop right here, it's tragic, but it's impossible to have a relationship with a holy God at this point. And so that's why we need to look at Jesus. What makes Jesus unique enough to have anything to do with this? How can he stand in our place? He has to be special because not anyone can just die for the sins of all, the whole world. So let's just remind ourselves really quickly here that Jesus was perfectly God. Right? He never sinned. In Hebrews 4, we learn though that he was tempted in every single way that we were. Right? So that, that qualifies because he can empathize fully fully with every single thing that we've gone through. But in, in Hebrews 5, we learn that he obeyed God in everything all the time. Every instance, Jesus was obedient and submissive to the will of God. So he, he, he understands all of our struggle and pain because he's lived that, but he's also never, ever, ever rebelled against God. So he's still holy and still pure and able to be that uh, sacrifice for us. So I want you to see this picture because we're going to back up two verses in Isaiah 53. So we just read verse 6. Now here's verse 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. We considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. It wasn't his sin. It was our iniquities, our, our sin, our brokenness. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. It goes on, and, and it talks, and if we jump over to verse 7, so just past verse 6 where we read earlier, and now we get to see, it's gonna, we're going to see Jesus, the Savior, the picture now, he's the lamb. He's the sheep paying this price for us. Verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before it shears his silence, so he did not open his mouth. That's the picture of Jesus living the only life that, Living a life that we could never live Filling that gap for us He's the sheep that That laid down his life Willingly for us So Jesus paid that price And that's why It's it's all foundational to this If if I turn from my sin And myself That I was born in And I turn And I trust Jesus As uh, I trust in Jesus As Lord and Savior Then I get to enter Into a relationship Now The huge barrier My sin And Jesus' holiness Can be bridged By the blood of Jesus Christ Right Now We've all, well, okay, I don't say we all, but a lot of us have heard that. But I, I feel like we need to be reminded on a, on a regular basis of that truth. Like, just the other day, I was in, in my quiet time as I was reading and praying. This hit me again. Like, that God did that and that I can have a relationship with God. And wait, wait till we get in here. This isn't... This isn't the, the end of the story, right? He doesn't just save us. There's a part two. There's a relationship coming that he wants to affect and change our life here on earth even before heaven when it gets awesome, right? So, so the answer to our first question is a, re, is a relationship with God possible? Yes, through Jesus Christ. We can know God. Now, but that's not, that's not it. This is where it gets exciting because it's not just this thing, I, I yay, I'm going to heaven and, and God saved me and you know, we sing songs or whatever. No, this is where it starts to become practical. Jesus says again, no, wait, I am the good shepherd and we're going to see now the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep goes a lot, beyond, way more beyond just a salvation thing, right? This is where life with Jesus is exciting and day-to-day real and practical, so when we put our faith in Jesus, we're now, we now belong to him. We're in his flock, right? So you're just picturing in your head a shepherd with sheep all around him, right? And they're all, we're all excited because we get to be a part of the body of Christ. And now we get to see what he says about this. What's that gonna look like? What does that mean? Let's go back and read verse 12 real quick because there's some, there's some more in this, these couple verses. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons, abandons the sheep and runs away. So we're starting to see, now Jesus isn't like this. This is the, describing the opposite of Jesus. So we're going to see Jesus' protection of us. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But Jesus has gone the extra mile. He cares infinitely for the sheep. He is the good shepherd. Contrasted in verses all these other shepherds and hired hands. So all the way through the Bible we have pictures of Jesus' protection of us. I just want to point to a couple of them. Second Thessalonians three three says that he's gonna protect us from evil. Listen to this. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. So so how does he do that? He will protect us when we are tempted. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13, huge verse. We need to to lock this one away in our head. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And that simply just means you haven't gone through anything. No temptation that isn't been experienced by everyone, right? It might look a little different for you than me, but in general, all mankind has gone through this. So God knows that. And listen, here he is again. God is faithful. Again, we saw that in 2 Thessalonians. He's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So he's going to protect us from evil and he will protect us when we are tempted. Now, I got to stop here because we need to remind ourselves too. I, I have been asked, even just this week, I was in a conversation with someone and someone had asked, well, then why do bad things happen to good people? Have you heard that before? Is that, like, I've, I've thought that too, many times. Like, why, why does bad things happen to good people? But if you refer back, just a minute, how many people are good? Yeah, I mean, my little son is cute, but he is not good in the core of him. He has little sin nature welling up, right? You go find the good, innocent person, and you'll, you'll look your whole life. They do not exist. So, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, there's no good people. But that's not the answer to the question. Bad things happen to good people because we live in a broken and fallen sinful world. So, does Jesus' protection mean we're gonna be free from struggles? No. The world we live in is broken. There's sin and destruction and death and pain. But here's where I I just wanna point to why it's different now as a member of Jesus' flock. When he's the good shepherd, now life in the pain is different. Listen to this. Through it all, Jesus will be with us to comfort us and redeem our brokenness. That's all the sin that we came into the relationship with Jesus. That's all the brokenness, all the things, all my, my, my inclination to do horrible things and mess up my relationship with my wife and my kids and my, everybody in my life, right? And he wants to take that and redeem it. There are parts in my life, things that I've gone through, that were horrible, that caused rifts in my family. And God is saying, not only am I going to, I'm going to cover all over that and forgive you. I'm going to take those pieces of your story and they're going to be elements that you share with other people and I'm going to use that to bless them and to teach them and encourage them and build up the body. That's the redemption that Jesus is offering right here. So but in the end, Psalms 34:19 says this. It tells us that while we may have troubles here on earth, in the end the Lord delivers us from them all. What's that pointing us towards? In the pain, in the struggle, we've got the good shepherd with us, but he's reminding us, but I've got a place where there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more disease and sickness and cancer and other people hurting you and gossip and you name it, it's all gone because it's going to be a 100% relationship with Jesus Christ and nothing else. Like that's what we're looking for, even in the midst of all this, this sin and brokenness and destruction. But let's keep going. Jesus also tells us that a relationship with him means that he knows us and we can know him verse 14 he says again i'm the good shepherd here's the second time he says it in verse 14 i'm the good shepherd i know my sheep and my sheep know me so so god knows everything Right? He's omniscient as a part of his character, who he is. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, and he's everywhere. Right? But he's all-knowing. He knows everything. So sometimes we just need to stop and run through all the things that God knows. Because when I hear he's all-knowing, I'm like, great, awesome. But listen, he knows every hurt. He knows every pain. He knows what you struggle with each day. He knows the things that tempt you to sin and to do evil. He knows your doubts. He knows your tendency to stray every single bit. And he still loves you. You come to the relationship a mess. Like, we, there is nothing. I bring nothing. I'm just a garbage mess. And he goes, I want that. And how he loves us, how he loves He's jealous for us, and he'll search after us. In fact, we don't have time to go, but if you have time later, look up Luke 15, verse 5, something in there. It, Jesus tells a story about another shepherd and sheep, and one of the sheep wanders away. You may have heard this story. One of the sheep wanders away and Jesus decides it's worth it to hunt down that one sheep, leaving the 99 behind because he cares that much. He knows how many times it's going to take to get that wayward sheep back near Jesus, back into the safety of Jesus' protection, right? He knows. And so he's hunting after us. So it's, it's really, I mean, when you start to think through all this, it's hard to overemphasize the privilege that it is to be known intimately and lovingly by the Son of God. Like, what an amazing privilege. When, when, when we see that uh, there's nothing to hide, he sees us as we actually are, that's the relationship we're in. That's what he's calling us to. It's not just saved and then go live however you want or, you know, like, give me lip service every once in a while. He actually wants to know us at this level. The idea is echoed again in verse 27. It says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. But here's where you just got to stop and go, wait, now, God knows me because he's God. He knows everything, but how do I know him? How do I spend time to know him? What is that about? And it's really, the answer is the same. It's the same way I know anyone. Like I, I, I shared earlier, I think I've shared before, how do I know my wife? I've spent lots of time with her. In fact, when I first saw her and was like, wow, that's someone I'd love to get to know, she was very fit and ran constantly, and we worked at a summer camp together, and she ran, and so I was like, hmm, I all of a sudden want to start running. (laughs) Like, I did, and my dad, who knew I had never ran in my life, I mean, it was horrible. I would jog with them, and then I'd be like, (gasps) and they would take off, and it was just like, ugh. But my dad saw us running. Like, here I am running next to this guy. And he's like, mm, that's weird. <laughs> like, what is going on there? But I had to run to get a wife. So that's, sometimes that's what it takes. The, and I still run. We ran a half marathon last Sunday. That's why we weren't here. It was, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, sometimes your wife can motivate you even after the fact to run. So this is good. The picture we're seeing here, though, how do you get to know God? It's the picture of the shepherd with his sheep. The sheep have to be with the shepherd. If you get to, when, to, to know the shepherd and know what he wants for you, you have to be in his presence. In fact, sheep, as dumb as they are, just their lack of intelligence, um, has anybody spent like any considerable time? There were several like shepherds in the last service. Anybody spent any time with sheep, owned sheep, or been around sheep? Zero. There were two in the other one. It was cool. And they confirmed afterwards, this is true. Sheep have the ability to remember the voice of sheep. Their name and, and, their, and the voice of a shepherd up to two years without hearing that. So a shepherd builds this bond with a sheep and, and he names them all and he gives them nicknames and, and two years that shepherd cannot be there and he'll come back and say the name and they come and respond. Like that's how, so the sheep have that ability. We, this is, this is the picture here is time spent with. I know my wife because of the time I invest into that relationship, right? That's what we see here. The sheep become accustomed to the shepherd's voice To such a degree They could distinguish their own name Between different shepherds So there would be lots of different flocks In one big corral And in the morning they would come The shepherd knows the sheep need to go eat The sheep need to go drink some water And they could all stand there And they would just call the name Matthew, John, Jorge I don't know what they call the sheep But you know, Pablo, Juan You know, And the minute they heard their name Spoken by their shepherd They would stop and obey and respond They would run right to them and the, and the guy that in the first service just told me afterwards in the courtyard, he said, I, he raised sheep for four H. he had like 20 something sheep and he had a name for every single one. They all responded that way. He just called a name, boom, 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 boom. And they could call out an entire flock to him and that's what Jesus is doing. So with that relationship, with that like level of intimacy, we have to just stop and go, well, so where does that leave us? So we mentioned there's all different types of people in the room, different relationships. We're all confronted by this Jesus right? The good shepherd. He's the only one who, can, who made a way for us to have a relationship with us, and he's the only one who cares about us to that intimate, personal level. He wants to share every single detail with our life so that we are close and intimate with him. So what, what, what do we do? As sheep, we need to stay with the shepherd 24-7, all day, every day, all the time. So what does that look like then? How, how do we transition this into our lives? Like when I go to the office tomorrow or I'm at school or, or what does this look like around the dinner table? And this, bottom line, we need to choose, every day we choose to be with Jesus. We always have a choice to make. He's never, he never forces us to be with him, ever. He's not interested in that kind of love. Even the angels have a choice to worship Jesus Christ, and they do. So he's willing to let us do whatever we want, but he's calling us and saying, I know what's best for you. I know you intimately, every little thing, so be with me. So we choose every day. So it's like practically around the table, I mentioned just like what would that look like around the table? Be with Jesus at the dinner table. If you've got a family, let Jesus be a part of your mealtime. Talk about him. Talk about your day. Ask your kids how their day is going and then bring Jesus into their situations and circumstances. When they're hurting, remind them Jesus knows and loves them. When they have a situation with people at work, you know, bring it, bring that in to what Jesus would have them do. Explain, like we just, we, we practically bring Jesus into our whole life. So for those of you who are sinking, and he's just like wondering, well, is Jesus something that I want to uh, be a part of? I'm just, I'm just testing the waters. I want to see what's out there. For those people, like, you, this is a good step. But the next step would be to take all your questions and your concerns and doubts about the Bible and go take them to a Christian friend and just drill them on every single thing you have a question about. Now all the Christians in here are like, oh, no, they're going to come and ask me. <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> like, you don't have to have the answers. You just need to know, where do I go find them? You need to be able to go find them. And, and why is that so important? If someone were to come and ask you, I need, I need help walking with Jesus Christ, it's going to force you to walk with Jesus personally. They want to see Jesus in you. And so we got to be ready to show them the effect that Jesus is having in our life. And that drives us back to the word of God because I need to hear him speak to me. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask him to show himself to me. So, but there's some people I mentioned earlier that, that might be you know, in a stagnant Place with their walk with Jesus, and they're wondering if they could ever you know, get back to that place. And, and the answer that is that just choose to be with Jesus and, and acknowledge that you're in that place. He already knows. So just tell him, I don't feel like I, I, I don't see you working in my life. I'm not seeing you around me. I definitely don't feel like I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Like, where are you, God? Take all that to Him. He wants all of that, and He wants to redeem all that. He wants to show Himself to you in real and practical ways. And, and finally, I just mentioned the group of people who experience God on a regular basis. Right? You already know what that's like. And, and when you get up in the morning, you meet with the person of, the person of Jesus Christ and he speaks to you and, he, and you're walking with him in close fellowship. My, my only thing to you, like, yay, I'm so glad you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. But no, there are people around you who don't have that. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to be discipling others, which is simply doing the life that you're living with Jesus Christ next to someone else. Like have a name, be in prayer for someone in your life that God would show you someone in your sphere of influence that needs to see that in you. Like you may need to have them over. You need to open your life in a way that they can see your interactions with other people. They see the effect that Jesus is happening. Because people in the world who don't know Jesus Christ, they want to know, if I choose Jesus, am I trading up? Right? Right? They're looking at your life and going, is this going to be worth it? Wow, I don't even know if that's, they're doing anything in their life. Like, why would I choose Jesus? Why would I go give up my Sunday mornings? You know, like, what is this about? And why would I spend time every day in the Bible if, if there's no effect? Like, we need to be thinking this way. We want to be aware of the people around us so that we can disciple them. And finally, this is just like a, like a what if. Imagine with me. I think that this church And our time together on a Sunday morning and the the fellowship time that we have afterwards in the Arahana groups would be radically different if we all had an intimate love relationship with Jesus where daily he was interacting with us. Know that you follow the good shepherd, a God who wants to have intimate interactions with you on a daily basis, actually lead you, practically lead you throughout your day. If we were all experiencing that, you know how exciting that would be? This, this would become a celebration of what, had got, what God has been doing this week. I think some of us come in, and, and we can remember what God did, and then we point to when I was 19. You know, like, that was awesome back then. And we're just like, tell me your testimony. You're like, well, I was 16, and it was like this. You know, but when you talk to someone who's in a relationship with Jesus Christ right now today, you go, how's your walk with Christ? And they go, oh my gosh, let me tell you the conversation I had yesterday morning with my checkout lady. Right? God is actively doing that. And it I would be amazing. What, a, what an amazing thing to be a part of if that's the relationship we had. And that is what the Jesus, the good shepherd, is inviting us into. And I'm going to have uh, Kim come up and sing a specific song. As I was uh, preparing this, I was just, especially at the first part where, we, where Jesus made the way for us to have a relationship, right? I just picture all the new sheep, the ones who've just been saved. Do you remember that excitement? you remember that just like oh my goodness I just got the greatest gift in the entire world all of my sin is forgiven I will live with God forever like it, it was exciting I just pictured Jesus on a hilltop with all of those sheep right and they're just bouncing around they're so excited and you know rambunctious whatever and in this song that Kim's going to sing the first half of the song is I just picture a sheep like that and it's like what can I do for you Oh, can, I, can I sing a song? Can, can I get something for you, Jesus? Like, what, what does it take to have this? Can I make this relationship better and deeper? And, you know, it's just this, <laughs> I want to do this for you, right? And right halfway through the song, Jesus responds to that person who just, and it's, it's all good. Like, we're, we're so excited. We want to love Jesus. And he goes, I just want to tell you what I really want. Listen to the lyrics of this song. He goes, Jesus says this, so pay attention when it switches in the song. You don't have to do a thing. Simply be with me and let those things go. They can wait another minute. This moment is too, like, you're going to have time to serve me. I'm going to speak. You're going to obey. That's awesome. And, and it's going to be exciting. We're going to do things in the world because I'm building a kingdom here. But this moment is too sweet. Just stay here with me. That's, that's how we have this relationship with Jesus. Just be with him. And he just wants us to settle down, sheep. Just stop wandering away and just be with me and I will never, ever leave you. It's the perfect picture of how we stay in relationship with God on a daily basis. So as Kim sings, I, you know, I'm a musician, so like highly distracted by them. I can't when they're, I just can't. So I close my eyes because I don't want to watch what chords they're playing. So I don't know if you're distracted when, when there's music, but just take, listen to this song, listen to the heart of the person who wants to just give Jesus everything and then Jesus just says, stop. Just be with me. Let this song, just like reflect on these words and and think about how our own relationship with God needs to be like this. They're gonna sing and then I'll just close in prayer. Jesus, there's just one prayer for us today and that is that we would be the type of people that are in your presence every day. Help us just to be in your presence and know that the basis of our relationship with you is not what we are doing or going to do. It is just to, it's what you've done already. So just help us to be there as sheep next to the good shepherd, ready to be taught and protected and live a full life in you. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.